Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank all my listeners for listening and also thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producers Candice Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Ms. Aida, psychic and author of Hoodoo Cleansing Protection Magic, binaural production engineer Damien Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, and monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. And if you are interested in becoming a contributor to this podcast, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com, and you'll find everything you need there. And now, without any further ado, our guest for today is the return of Carter Bushhart. Thanks for coming back on, Carter. Good to have you. Please, please don't rush the stage. There's there's room for everybody. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to say that, you know, in case I was in front of 10,000 people one time. Actually, I really appreciate it. You got, you have helped me out of a jam when I was a little bit short on guests. That's okay. Unfortunately, I'm always available. <laughs> so what's happening in the world of Sasquatch? Well, some odd things, uh, but, you know... Uh, uh, I did a uh, a paranormal conference, which I've never done before. Uh, but I, you know, it was here locally, and I thought I'd try it out. And it was a three day thing, and gave me a chance to you know, I, I did a presentation in front of you know hundreds of people and all that kind of stuff, and you know, uh, got to present my book, and you know, and, and because I'm from Missouri, mm-hmm. and most of my reports uh, originate in Missouri. Uh, I got to talk to a lot of people and where this was probably out of the 15 reports that I printed up and handed out, eight of them were from the County I was in class A sightings. And so the people were like blown away. Well, I had no idea. There's Sasquatch here. I said, well, yeah, they're everywhere. Really? I mean, so it was just really cool to connect with people on a, on a, on a different level, you know, uh, you're face to face. And so you got a lot of stories after you do your presentation. Oh, I got to tell you what happened. You know, my grandpa, uh, this, and you know, my uncle, this, and I, this, you know, and, and you're hearing stuff that nobody ever sees or hears because of the fear of ridicule. So it was really cool to connect uh, with uh, the people on that level, you know, and I'm not usually a fan of, the Sasquatch conventions, I just am not because they become a uh, buy this, buy that, and you lose sight of the subject matter. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not there to sell stuff and sign autographs and get my picture taken with it. I don't care about that stuff. It's just, you know, that's the old showbiz me, and I don't, I don't care about that anymore. You know, it's fun. It's nice. It's flattering, but it doesn't takes away from the work I'm trying to do. So I, I just don't do those. But anyway, it was interesting. I got some really interesting stories and, and, uh, so what, uh, what kind of stories did you hear? Well, uh, and I honestly had not heard these stories before. Uh, but the first story, uh, and I live in Missouri, uh, Kansas City, Missouri, but right across the river, literally, I can drive 20 minutes and be in Kansas. So I'm literally just across the river. I'm not far from the river anyway. 
so anyway, this woman comes up to me and she goes, uh, in a typical conversation, I know you're not going to believe this, but then she starts to tell me that uh, she was over by uh, one of the casinos here, which is in tribal tribal land here in, in Kansas, you know. And so uh, she pulled up to a stop. Uh, it was a four-way stop. It's State Avenue. It's, it's two lanes one way and two the other way. So she was pulling up and there was already a car there. And she saw it, it was kind of rocking inside and, and moving, you know, but it was stopped. And she was going, uh, it's probably a, you know, a headbanger, you know, listening to music and just, you know, you know, uh, having me. a good time. Yeah, which you see often, you know. And so, but as she pulled up slowly, she saw there was a guy in the car and he was beside himself. He was freaking out. He was screaming. Uh, she could hear him screaming, uh, yelling. His eyes were bulging out. He was almost in tears. I mean, he looked like he was mortified. He was trying to unlock his car and get out of his seatbelt, and he couldn't. You know, he, he he could see him doing this with the door. He couldn't couldn't get anything to work. And so she was going, "Oh my God, what's wrong? Is there? Is, is he listening to headbanger music? Is, is there a wasp in his car and he can't get out? Or what, what what's going on? You know?" So she pulls up and. She pulls up and here he is in, uh, next to her. And then she's, she notices and then she goes, oh, that's what he's freaking out about. There's a Sasquatch, about six foot tall, she guesses. It was on all fours. Now, the reason I even went with her story, because she described the way they locomote when they're on all fours. They're on their hands and feet, not hands and knees, hands and feet where their back is arched and their butt's kind of in the air. They're kind of like this. And I mean, and that's how they get some serious traction. Mm -hmm. And it was walking across the street on all fours. And it was wearing pants, a jacket, and a white shirt. Okay. The Sasquatch wearing clothes. But the weird thing is I heard another one of these right after. Uh, anyway, so... And then she's going, she was aware of Sasquatch. It's not far from Indian lands, uh, tribal lands, uh, you know, Kansas uh, around 435 is a freeway there, 435. If you go across the highway, you're into Potawatomi Indian land and, mm -hmm. and some other Native Americans, you know, Cato's, Cato uh, Indians, and, and there's, you know, tribal, and they've got casinos on other tribal land up there. You know, I've taken a couple of reports out of Potawatomi. Uh, Kansas, uh, pretty good ones, actually. So anyway, it's walking across and it looks over at her and she describes the head as conical, flat faced, and it just looked her way and looked back to where it was going and went across the street. Black slacks, a black coat, suit jacket, and a white shirt. And it was about to burst at the seams and the clothes. Were it not for her describing the movement, the exact way they move when they're on all fours, and a lot of people won't know this unless they've either read reports or seen it, that they move with great speed uh, on all fours when they're on their feet, not their knees and their hands. So that got me. So, and then when uh, it came time for her, for the creature went, went across the street, uh, it came time for her to go. She floored it and hauled ass. 
Uh, but right before she floored it, she looked over and the guy was like, just like this, his hands were gripping the wheel like a death grip. He was staring straight ahead and <laughs> he was hyperventilating and you could tell he was free. You know, three blocks later, he was still sitting there, totally freaked. So, and I know I can hear the eye roll. I don't know if it's coming from you, Gary, but it may be coming from others. But my, my thing was, if this was a made-up story, damn, she's good. But she got the locomotion dead on, and the guy was still sitting there. She could have just said, well, I didn't look back. I, I just hauled ass and got out of there. I had no idea. But she looked back to see, and he was still sitting there. Because she could see it was a, it, it's a long straightaway. It's pretty much an east-west street you know, from uh, uh, the far eastern part of Kansas City, Kansas, to the west. It's just straight drive. So what do you say to that? You know, she described it, and he was still sitting there. She didn't have to, you know, go to a lot of trouble to get all these extra details in there and, and describing his, you know, his angst and everything. And, and of course you know, it freaked her out. She believes in them. She's aware of them and she lives out that away. That's where she was going was home. It was on a, on a Sunday. And I'm going, you know, I've never heard of that from a, a person, person to person. I've heard a few odd things of uh, Sasquatch wearing loincloths carrying pouches made from animal skin strung over their, you know, hung over their shoulder on a strap, carrying a spear. I've heard of those. They're kind of, you know, of course I can't say those are fantastical tales when I just told you there's a Sasquatch going across the street on all fours wearing a suit. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard for me to go, well, that's baloney, but this is real, you know, but so what do you, what do you do with that? You know, and uh, as if on cue, See, that show was over Sunday, and I think Tuesday or Wednesday, I get an, uh, a uh, Facebook uh, post from a friend who had had several uh, encounters over in Oklahoma. He is, uh, he's a Cato, a Cato Indian, mm -hmm. and uh, he lives on a reservation in Anadarko, Oklahoma. And he is kind of co-hosting a Sasquatch page there. Uh, and an elderly gentleman went outside to investigate a noise and he saw at the corner of his house, a Sasquatch wearing a clown outfit, described it in great detail. It was black and white with, you know, like this, you know, it was half black and half white. And then the bottom half was reversed. It was black over here and white over here and black on the one side, you know, there was, diaposed colors just for effect and it had makeup on which was kind of smeared and kind of dirty and he shone a light on it he he shined a flashlight because it was at night it was you know like i don't know after midnight he heard noise and animals were freaking out mm -hmm. and he said he saw this thing it was huge but it was wearing a clown outfit and it just kind of sauntered off the, now the, the outfit was kind of dirty and smudged like it had gotten dirt and mud on it you know it wasn't clean it wasn't a clean white thing it was dirty like it had it on for a while and the makeup was is white pancake makeup and it was smudged and smeared and of course you know the, the hair on their face is kind of hard to put makeup on the face when it's you know like try to put makeup over this can't you know it looked terrible native american now they have all kinds of versions of 
uh, I won't say Wendigos, but, you know, skinwalkers that can take on any shape, any form, you know, and I have a guy that's in my second book that had six hours of missing time with a Sasquatch. So if you want to combine UFO, Sasquatch things, which a lot of people are doing and saying they're connected, and I believe they are to some degree, somehow, I don't know yet, but I, I believe that's entirely possible. It was a screen memory, so you're not freaking out. You know, you know, uh, you know, uh, UFOs, you'll get a screen memory if you're taken, especially if you're abducted. You'll have a screen memory of, well, I saw owls. I saw deer. But it was a UFO abduction. Well, you know, you get a screen mm -hmm. memory because, you know, uh, ETs had big eyes. Well, so do owls and so do deer. So they replace a memory with something you're more familiar with and you're more likely to blow it off is why was i scared of that deer that's weird oh well i guess that's what happened i saw a deer and had a bad dream i don't know whatever it was really an et i mean you know you're familiar with screen memory so you know mm -hmm. what i mean so it's if that is kind of a given in the ufo world maybe that's something they did the sasquatch to diffuse what they were seeing but why it would choose to walk across the street in broad daylight on a sunday a very busy day is a whole nother question mm -hmm. but in these people i mean I, I know you know crazy people can disguise themselves so you don't know they're crazy but i mean you know the i, I heard the story from him and i believe him that you know he's vetted his sources to a degree and that's where i heard that story that was a couple days after i heard the one this woman told me i'm going wow so i gotta have an open mind now could she been an actress crazy or actually saw what she saw and i have to try to figure out what that was or why it was at that particular time but she went to a lot of trouble to populate that story with a guy sitting in a car freaking out. I mean, does she come to one of these paranormal conferences thinking, oh, I'm going to make something up. I'm going to freak somebody out. You know, I mean, do people go to that kind of trouble? Yeah, yes, they do. But this just didn't have the ring of fakeness. You know, she didn't buy a book or anything from me. Uh, she didn't want anything uh she didn't give me your name i think I, she gave me your first name but you know she didn't offer any communication information so i could stay in touch with her and maybe mm -hmm. get more information and you know end up you know writing her story out in full and so i have to do because that just happened like uh, three weeks ago so i have to kind of you know do a little research on that i mean if you heard you know i can see why that would have been disguised that way if they have the ability to well, I know they have the ability to make you see things that aren't there, mm -hmm. you know, so, but that is a, that's a first, and it's just, you know, the way the world is this day, these days, right now, the way the world is with all the, you know, uh, weirdness going on, and the apparent surfacing of cryptids and other beings and other weirdness mm -hmm. uh the election covid you just keep piling it on this is a weird time where you know it, it is a very weird time where so you wonder if things are just uh populating themselves and, and appearing to the masses 
to lift the veil of secrecy that this is the crazy world and maybe it was uh, maybe in a parallel universe it got caught in this one it was really trying to get to the other one or thought it was in one and it did what it normally does in another parallel universe if that's a thing you know you just people just walking down the street just don't come up with that stuff you know they just don't i've talked to a few you know but when you you know you interview people you can kind of tell when someone's yanking your chain you can ask mm-hmm. the same question five different ways and you're going to get five different answers you go okay you're full of crap you know thank you for your time i appreciate it i'm not going to bust your chops but you know unless you want to be a you know a rear end about it then i'll say well the reason i think you're yanking me is this i'll tell you why but otherwise i'll just you know think i'm move on you don't get many of them you know mm-hmm. because it's really easy to you know to pick up on them mm-hmm. of course somebody goes gonna be listening to your show now going oh, well they got his goat they fooled his butt it was the old fart just falling for that trick you know <laughs> i'll add that to my comedy routine you know and uh, i'll be here next week you know try the veal you know so but it was you put yourself in a position to hear those things and when you hear them, you're going, oh my gosh, you know, but you know, that could sound like one of the tales I've told about, you know, things that have happened to me or the other witnesses. It's just like taking a, a Bigfoot report and calling them up and saying, okay, tell me your story. We'll tell me what happened. Cause invariably in the list of things you get, you know, that you'll send, they'll get a one page document yeah, for BFRO. For instance, they tell, well, I was with my son, we were out fishing, we were out hunting, we saw this, we heard this, we saw two of them, we saw, you know, and you get, a, but there's things missing in between, you know, like height and how'd you use the, what did you use to gauge the height of the creature? You said it was nine foot tall, how'd you gauge that? So you ask questions to get more out of the story because there's more data, you know, mm-hmm. what color. Well, so anyway, so, but that's not any different than if they had, phone that in to BFRO. Of course, they would have never seen the light of day. BFRO would squash that in a heartbeat, you know. That's not even woo. That's woo, 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 woo. You know, that's, that's just 17 woos. You know, there's, there's too many woos. <laughs> it's off the chart. We cannot, you know, we can't put anything with more than 0.1 woo. So, uh, so, so but that, that's would, just... Would, would you consider the possibility of feral humans? Why not? I mean... That would make as much sense, but why was he on all fours and up on his hands and feet? Unless he was drunk. Yeah, feral human is no, no, a, an equal possibility. I mean, why not? Because that would explain it. And she, and she just saw somebody who was dirty, had a lot of hair because he hadn't shaved or, or bathed in who long, who knows how many years or weeks mm-hmm. or months or whatever. So that could be. But you know the conical head and the flat face. When it looked right at her, she knew it was not a human. She said, "You know, it was Sasquatch." I mean, it's, it's everything I've ever seen about Sasquatch. That's what it was. That's what she said. I mean, in so many words, that was it. It was. I've seen these things on TV and all the drawings and all blah 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 blah. That's what it was. It was Sasquatch. In the clown thing, that's also weird. Yeah, yeah. Now that it's on Native American, you know, and I really have not had the time to actually look up uh, the parallels in, you know, like the you know, shapeshifters can be anything to anybody, anytime if they want to. 
you know, they're usually considered to be more uh, uh, evil mm -hmm. and malevolent than good and, you know, happy beings. So that's the way I took that, that, that you know, if there's shapeshifters or skinwalkers that can adapt to anything, then maybe that's what it was doing. And it just chose that form because maybe it was having a bad day and didn't get the transition right. Or that's what it chose for, for the people to see, you know, and like I say, that guy was already sitting there at the intersection. It wasn't, it was a four-way stop. It wasn't even a traffic light. It was a four-way stop. So everybody could take their turn. So he was already sitting there freaking the car and she could see he was absolutely out of his mind in, in the car. He couldn't get out, couldn't get his door handle to work, couldn't get his locks unlocked, couldn't undo his seatbelt. I mean, he was trying everything and nothing was working. And he would just... So who knows how long he was sitting there and why did it affect him that bad, you know? But I talk to people that are affected that way when they see a Sasquatch. You see a Sasquatch in the woods and your entire life, you know, we're all taught how to think when we're, you know, you come out of the birth canal your life is sort of pre-planned. This is the education you're going to get. UFOs don't exist. Bigfoots don't exist. Mothmans don't exist. Oh, wait, we were lying to you. UFOs do exist. But never mind that. Let's go on to the others. You know, So it, it's if that affects you that bad, but there could have been an eyeball-to-eyeball a, a, a -eyeball connection. There could have been something where they locked eyes and there was something going on with this guy. You know, and the creature. Maybe it was, was te telepathic communication. Could have been. You don't know. I mean, I can see someone being that scared. Maybe not quite that scared in broad daylight. If you were to see something like that at night in the woods, close up, you know, we're not walking across the street. Well, maybe you know, walk, but, but broad daylight, you have some clarity and you go, well, I got places to run. I can see where I can turn right and go left. I can get out of here and, I, you know, I can get, get away from this, you know, and I'm in a car. I'm protected so you your fear i would think would be minimalized a little bit because you do have escape a safe route out so i don't know it was just uh i'd never heard that i knew i do need you know i have to i will always admit if i, I never heard it either been snookered you know uh but i know with the you know, native americans especially you know, they do have the you know, skinwalkers and shapeshifters hmm. you know all they are more of a uh you know, malevolent evil intent type thing that doesn't mean they can't Turn to whatever. I know this is going to be a sensational podcast uh, title, though. Bigfoot dressed as a clown. Yeah. Hurry, hurry! <laughs> it's going to be like a, it's going to be like a National Enquirer. <laughs> yeah, the, you know, yeah. I had Bigfoot's baby. I married Bigfoot. Yeah, but that's what I that's what I heard. I was like two days off off doing the show. And I was on the third day. I've been there two days, and she hits me with that. And I'm going, hey. and I, you know, I got another story from another uh, uh, woman who was telling me about her grandfather. Okay. Who uh, was fighting off? Uh, her grandfather was. He he had this ledger, and he always read this ledger whenever he wanted to tell this story. He wanted to get the. Uh, he would add to it and make notes. But he was uh, out on his farm, and it was north of here. Uh, I'm in Liberty, Missouri, so he was about 20, 30 miles north of me. Uh, there's a prison up there, Cameron, Missouri. There's a uh, 
uh, maximum security prison up there. And it's for, you know, some pretty serious bad guys there. Anyway, uh, he was on his land and he heard a bunch of ruckus. He grabbed his gun and went out to see what was going on. And he watched a Sasquatch mother and her baby fighting off what he could only describe as a dog man on the property, broad daylight at the end of his uh, field. It was on the other side of his field. Yeah, I think he does corn up here. We do mostly corn and soybeans. So I, th I think it was corn. Mm -hmm. It was, it was, it had been leveled, uh, harvested for the season. And she tells me that he saw probably from 30 yards away, a creature that looked like a dog man. And it was trying to attack this female Sasquatch and get its baby. And the mother was fighting with this creature. The grandfather was watching. He was too terrified to fire his gun. He had a shotgun. He finally did fire it at the end, uh, but it was all over. And the little baby started picking up rocks and twigs and whatever he could find and throwing it at this dog man while it was fighting and attacking his mama. This is a story he's told in his family for 50, 60 years. I think it probably happened in the 1930s and 40s, straight up north of here. And it's not the first one of those I've, I've heard. I've heard know. this before, too. Yeah. Not the first one of those I've heard with a dog man fighting. Yeah. Now, not the first I've heard of a baby throwing things, trying to protect its mama. Mm -hmm. He said it was definitely a female. It was definitely the, the mama. And she, she saw the creature, uh, had her baby in her arms when this confrontation first started and the baby either jumped or she threw it down and they started wrestling and getting very physical and more combat. And, you know, and the, the little baby, and it was all this screaming and growling and yelling. I mean, it was just like crazy. He's been, he wrote this all down in a journal. And he said, I didn't want to tell anybody until I died. I'm just going to leave it, you know, for one day when I died. But I decided I wanted to tell the story because all the stuff that's coming out right now about Bigfoot, mm -hmm. I want to tell this now because maybe there's some validity to it. You know, I didn't ask and she didn't offer to have his give me his contact information and you know if she wanted me to have it you know she got my card uh and if she ever contacts me great if not i understand you know people don't want to talk about it but what do you do with that and toward the end he fired his gun off a couple times just straight up in the air and uh they didn't really stop right away but they finally did i think he may have been just worn out mm -hmm. more than they they quit because he fired his gun there's three stories just in a weekend. What people would never tell you this stuff before. Now they are because I, I think the world is in a kind of place where the the paranormal things, the other worlds that we don't see, which may just be a, a footstep away either way, if there's parallel universes or right. different portals or whatever. All of this stuff is coming to a fruition or to a head because maybe there is going to be a big reveal. Maybe something's going to happen. I mean, who knows? But you just never used to hear these, at least I didn't, with the frequency that I've been hearing. It's just strange. It's exhilarating, and I love mm -hmm. it. It's awesome stuff, you know? And uh, I think if I put that story with uh, the, the creature crossing the road at the intersection, I might get some more people to go, oh, that reminds me, you know? Because 
again, to be redundant as heck, people don't want to say things because they don't want to get ridiculed and laughed at from their you know spouses, close friends, family, loved ones, coworkers, because, oh yeah, Bob, okay, you're an idiot, okay, you know. Yeah, you saw a Sasquatch. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Is it coming over for dinner for Christmas? You know, what, what, what's your plan? You know. So anyway, that's how uh, the last two weeks have been. Interesting. I wonder if they could that, be you know. mimicking humans. Oh, sure. Why not? I mean, you know, if you have the wherewithal to either actually physically dress in an outfit, number one, did you buy it off the rack or are you thrift shopping? You know, I mean, you know, I need something in a size 41 Sasquatch, you know, a lot of hair. What do you got? <laughs> or is it just a, an apparition because you're making us see something so you can get away from the situation? You finally, you suddenly found yourself outdoors and you're crossing the street and all of a sudden, oh, there's cars and everyone's seeing me. Oh, oh my God, I better disguise myself i mean it, i don't know that is possible because i mean one of the other things that people talk about a lot is uh susquatch's ability for um invisibility or camouflage so maybe yeah. this was just a missed attempt at it yeah or they're used to seeing that in the parallel universe or parallel dimension and I just, uh, I didn't get my logistics quite right. You know, I thought I was in universe 4A and I was in 6C in Kansas City, Kansas. I got my bearings wrong. I'm making fun, but what, yeah, how do you explain that other than an outright hoax? I'm going to take that off the table. Not because I want to believe it, because she had a couple of things right. And if, like I said, if she was doing her homework, just to yank my chain of all people. And she waited an hour and a half to do it because I did an hour presentation and she came up to me toward the end of the day. So it wasn't like she came running up to me. Oh, I got to tell you that she waited, you know, and, and like several others that told me things, getting the courage to go up to a perfect stranger who's a Sasquatch investigator, researcher, and tell them your story. Let the chips fall where they may. So... I take the hoaxing just right off because she got a couple of things right, you know, with the uh, the arched back and they run on their they walk on their feet, like their knees. They walk on their feet and their hands when they're down on all fours. Uh, they may be on their knees for a split second, but that's not how they get their locomotion. Their locomotion with those legs fully extended, hauling ass, you know, down on all fours. So she got that part right. So. You know, little things like that just tell me yeah, you went to too much trouble to come up with this. This has to be legit. It may be a mistaken thing, but you got some of this right. And I just don't see a hoaxer wanting to be that accurate. They, they'll, they'll come up with something else that's kind of pedestrian, you know. And I wonder what the one with the clown outfit was thinking. I mean, of all things. I mean, clowns are terrifying to begin with, but a Bigfoot clown. <laughs> well, maybe a clown is less frightening than a Sasquatch to an elderly Native American man at two or three o'clock in the morning, whatever time it was, shining a light at the corner of his house, and there's a, a Sasquatch on a clown. And it just casually walks off, looks at him, but it's not 
it was freaking his dogs and cats out and he was you know trying to figure out what was making everything bark because it doesn't really ever happen he lives out in the middle of nowhere so he you know turned on his light went out there and he didn't hurry away it just looked at him and walked away hmm. i mean it was in no hurry to get out of there so it was like sort of like nonchalant yeah same as the creature crossing the street now it's too bad you don't have an eye roll counter on your <laughs> you, know, you can see the eyeball things you know there's you know there's a one roll there's a two eye roll oh there's a two eye roll and a one of these give me uh, another one you got any more weird ones uh no that's, that's about as weird as i can get it, it, and you know uh i had a weird one that i i finally came to the conclusion the guy was yanking my chain it was a bfro report and part of me regrets categorizing it as insane hallucinating but he you know this guy was a a scientist and he had gotten a degree in uh, as a minister uh, he was a pentecostal mm-hmm. minister they speak in tongues you handle rattlesnakes yeah and so he had been a, uh, but he ended up getting a degree in science or physics or something. And so he w- spent about 20 years out in California working for one of the big, uh, you know, like Grumman or one of the big rocket, McDonnell uh, Douglas, somebody, somebody big in, in uh, space technology. And he worked in the, the, the field of science and propulsion for a number of years. And he retired and came back to Missouri to resume his Pentecostal ministry because he had to give it up because they didn't pay much. So he made some good money out in California, came back and retired. So the, and I don't remember the whole story. I didn't know I was going to tell this one, but I, it's one that, you know, I'm on the fence about, but mm-hmm. my gut told me he was full of, full of it. And I went with that, uh, that he, he got his uh, ministry at some little small town was up here in Missouri near the Iowa border. Uh, he got a, a message from, from God to go out immediately. It's just late at night, but 11, 12 o'clock, but he got a, a message. Just, you need to go out on the front porch and you're going to, uh, you're going to speak to a group that will be gathered out there. He's going, okay, that's odd, but okay. He goes out on his front porch and there's a dozen Sasquatch out in his front yard in different spots. And they start speaking a language he's never heard. And he starts conversing with them back and forth in a language he's never heard. He had no idea what he was saying, but he just knew what to say when it was his time to speak. I don't know how, you know, the speaking in tongue works, if that's how it is, or you know what you're saying when you're saying it, or if you don't know, but it just, it, it comes out because it's, the word of God instructing. I, I don't know how that works. So they had this 30 minute conversation about all kinds of things. And then he came back in, went to bed, called me a the next day. And I got the report. And he said, I, I'd never seen a Sasquatch. I don't know who or what they are. I thought there were the Nephilim, the fallen angels, tall, you know, in, in, in those days, there were giants in the land that, you know, that mm-hmm. biblical passage. I, I knew I was having a conversation and whatever I was saying was making sense because we were going back and forth. 
and there was no kind of like, hmm, what? There was like a conversation, but I, I must have been making sense because I was, I heard myself speaking their language. And so that was the report. And, you know, I said, well, what was it Israeli? Was it Hebrew? What was the, what was the basis? I mean, you know, if you hear a Middle Eastern language versus Mm -hmm. Asian, you you know, the difference, you know. Uh, or Hispanic, you know, you know, the, some of the very different variations of languages as they're spoken by humans. So, you know, what you're hearing, you may not understand it, but you know, you know, you know, I took Spanish most of my life in, in school because uh, I lived in Texas at the time. And that's a, that was a required language mm-hmm. because they were on the border and they were, they were everywhere. They were coming across before all this other stuff started. So, you know, I heard, so, you know, Hisp- you know, you know, you know, Spanish. So he said, you know, I, I don't really know, but it, whatever it was, I'd never heard it before, but it was a regular conversation. It wasn't high pitched or slow or fast. It was just a regular conversation. And I, I figured at some point the Lord will tell me what our conversation was or to come to him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, having done some of my research into the language of Sasquatch, if you go with Ron Moorhead's tapes and Sierra Sounds, yeah, and Scott Scott Nelson's work on assuming discovering that yes, it is a spoken language. It is not just gibberish. There is a language. There is enunciation, repetitive words that are used in the same areas of sentences that, you know, describe a language. But I, I based some of my theory on him being a little full of it, that, you know, the Sasquatch language is really kind of chime and chatter, very fast gibberish. It's, it's weird, but it's, <laughs> it's very fast, you know, right. and I've gotten response when I did that one night, you know, and I, Almost regretted it, but not now. I'm still, I'm safe at home, so I'm okay. But that was part of my determining or deciding that he may have been yanking me a little. Because I'd already, you know, I researched and listened to the Sierra sounds. I knew what they were, and, you know, and I've yeah. heard it in varying spots as I've been out in the woods, mm-hmm. you know, over 12, 13, 14 years. So that's one that... And I could always contact the guy. I still have his file. I, I printed the report. I've got it. I could contact him and you know, say, hey, you know, now that things are further along in the Sasquatch world, you know, I may not get anywhere with him. And I didn't tell him I didn't believe him. I just thanked him for his time and, and left in the report. It was never going to get published anyway because BRFRO will never touch anything that has any kind of paranormal aspects to it whatsoever. Mm. You know, they're mortified of that. So they just, you know, so when he was talking to these Sasquatch, do you think he was like telling them about Jesus and stuff? I don't know because he claimed he did not know what he was, what language he was speaking. Hey, if God woke him was, up. He was responding to them and he was responding as though he knew what they were talking about. You know, I mean, he, he said, I don't, I don't know what I said to them. I assumed 
some of it was religious based because the Lord told me to come out here and have this conversation. So I assume there was some religious aspect, if not all of it was pertaining to God or Jesus or whatever, because we were having a conversation. They seemed to understand what I was saying. I would utter these words. And he had no idea what he was saying, but they were responding. And there wasn't like any kind of, you know, the, the look on someone's face, although it was dark. But I mean, you know, there was nothing that indicated we don't know. And there was no English spoken. So he doesn't know. He assumed because, you know, God told him to get up and go out and speak to. And how many did he say there were? Uh, 10 to 12. He said they were because there's 12 and, apostles too, you know. These could be squatch apostles. Boy, you just hit something. See, there you go. I hadn't even thought about that because I had pigeonholed it as I need to do some more work on that one. And that's like seven, eight years ago. And But they were gathered and not in a group, but like just kind of, you know, one here, 10 feet, there's another one, there are two or three right there, there's five over there, there's one there, there's one by his porch. You know, they were just kind of scattered in his front yard. And we turn on the porch light, he could see most of them. He could see shadows of the ones that he couldn't see them further back, but he could see them moving around and, and talking and head shaking. And, and so, but he had no idea what he was saying. He assumed it was because they speak in tongues. And I don't know how that works. If they don't really know what they're saying, they're just speaking in tongues because they're channeling the, the word of God. So I think, I know he told me it, I assumed it was biblical or religious in nature because he wouldn't have told me to go out there and talk with people without trying to spread the word or discuss the word. That was the gist of that analogy there i got that out of it was that well okay that makes sense you know if you're going to speak in tongues and i know if you're in uh, raptured and you're you know you're doing your snake handling or you're you're possessed by the spirit and the word of god you start rambling off stuff you may be speaking hebrew a thousand miles an hour and you have no idea what it is but it's 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 the word and they are and it's a language you just don't understand it and that's how he took that thing i just i had no idea what i was saying I assume we were having a conversation about religion or something. And that was it. After about a half hour, it was over. They just went back in and went to bed. Interesting. But, yeah. That, that gives me a whole new perspective, though. Even if it's not true. Like, I never thought of the idea that maybe squatches are some kind of creature of God. Trying to spread the word, you know, like... Uh, you know, like every once in a while, I get these Jehovah Witnesses that come to my house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But we got them. They they came uh, at that uh, paranormal conference I was at. They uh, invaded the place Sunday. They had to call the cops to get them out of there. It was really bizarre. Whole other story. But yeah. But, you know, if you take the concept, and this is a concept, that ETs, Sasquatch, ghosts, they're all... Creations of the creator, whoever the creator was. God, Jesus, Ete, Etes, what is the almighty, everlasting 
creator of the entire universe. You know, that could be religious. That could be, it could be a Petri dish experiment gone awry or very successful, however you want to look at it. But, you know, there's, there's some spirituality connected to all of this stuff. I, I know it and feel it. I know you do too. I mean, a lot of people understand yeah, there's something, absolutely. there's something spiritual going on in the world, you know, mm-hmm. not, not just the paranormal or the cryptid, but everything. So, you know, if there's a supreme being that started all this, I mean, nobody knows any of that, you know, the, the people that practice religion routinely believe that, you know, God created the world and, you know, in seven days and, you know, Adam and Eve and all that stuff, which I think is, you know, designed for our consumption, not necessarily the way things are just a good story to keep us in line, keep us doing the right thing for each other. Mm-hmm. But that being said, we don't know. We surmise because we've had religion put in front of us and that's the explanation for everything. God, you know, created the world and, you know, six days, the great floods, and blah, blah, the whole thing. So, and here we are. Well, okay, that's that's a little sanitized. There's a lot more to it than that. So, you know, so what is going on? So, you know, these creatures, these beings, they're the skinwalkers, you go to Skinwalker Ranch, you go to, you know, Patty, you go to Roswell, you go way, 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 way back when they're drawing you know, ETs and craft on cave walls and they're in the pyramids and the, you know, the sarcophaguses of, you know, pharaohs, you go, okay, something's, you know, timeline's off. So, yeah, but what do you do with all that? You know, I like your now the thing, you know, well, there's 10 or 12 of them, or there's 12 apostles. No, I'm thinking, what if the apostles themselves were actually Sasquatches? I can't say no. I mean, you you know, it's probably an outrageous claim when you look at the uh, 12 apostles in the robe sitting there at the Last Supper. You know, okay, well, there's no Sasquatch there. Yeah, but we don't know if that's an actual depiction. Yeah, we we don't know, you know. And supposedly there's somebody missing from that drawing, added and subtracted. Just like the Bible, there's books missing and added. You know, if you've got an owner's manual of how to live your life and be a good human, you don't keep changing it. You don't take books in and out and change the wording and change books and take out things you don't like. You know, it's like an owner's manual to a, a chainsaw. It works one way and that's it. I'm not going to keep changing the manual because we made a different model. It's the same way. You pull the handle, it starts. and you know. So I, I think when you have a book to for humanity to live their life by, and to do right by one another, that shouldn't be a book that changes much. You know, it's like the the Bill of Rights or the Declaration of Independence. That's how you run a country. That's what we did, and that's how you do it. You know, the Bible is the way it is. Maybe it should be, you know, the uh, the, the Ten Commandments. Those aren't altered. They are like they are. I mean, that, you know, that pretty much tells you how to be a good human in 10 paragraphs mm-hmm. or 10 sentences, you know. All else is just fluff, you know. But there's references to giants. There's references to craft. Uh, Ezekiel's wheel is a, a references to all kinds of things in the Bible. So, you know, we're just in the middle of it. It's like, kind of like a, a, a spiritual renaissance. You know, it's not. You know, it's the arts, like the Renaissance back, the Renaissance back in the 14, 1500, 1600s. This is like a spiritual renaissance. We're you know, I think, you know, somebody's about to dump some big surprises on us and we just, you know, well, I'm just waiting for the shoe to drop. You know, it's, it's fascinating time to be alive. You know, I, I, I hope 
to know what's going on before I go to the next life, uh, just in case. Me too. It, it's just a bad joke, and it really isn't another life. You know, we're just here to, uh, you know, work job and pay a bunch of taxes and make other people rich, and then we die. And oh, <laughs> jokes on you, uh, you know. But but where's my mama? Where's my where's my first pet queenie? My dog? Where's where's all the people I'm supposed to see? What, you know, it could be a bad joke. Don't know. Wow. Oh, but that's uh, uh, the Sasquatch world is ever evolving, you know, for me. And the more I talk to people, and I'm not getting in touch with the lunatic fringe. I'm getting in touch with people that have just kept quiet, and they tell the same story. I just haven't said anything because I, people have made fun of me, you know, and I'll, you know, I, I lost a boyfriend or a girlfriend or I lost my best friend because he won't, he thinks I'm nuts because I believe it and he saw it and he is mortified. And if I believe it, I'm part of the problem. I, I don't want nothing to do with you anymore. That kind of, you know, people just, they get spooked and they get, you know, scarred and they don't want to talk about it. Finally, they go, I've had enough. They hear other people talking about it and then they come out, you know, and that's why I do the books because it spreads the word. You know, mm -hmm. uh, the money I've made off my books, I haven't even made one house payment. With it. That's how much money you make selling books. It's, it's just fun <laughs> to connect with people. You know what I mean? If I took yep. all the profits, you know, uh, and know my books don't suck, but they, you know, they're well written. But the point is, unless you're Stephen King or one of the big, you know, mystery, you know, espionage writers, you're not going to just make a bucket load of money. You know, you got to have a bunch of them coming in and, I'm not about that. You know, I'm just trying to get the word out. Yeah. So, and, but the more I talk to people and the more I do appearances because of books, the more I'm talking to people that need to be heard and they, they want to be heard. And I know I've said this to you before, I'm redundant, but they don't want their names. They don't want locations, anything published. They don't want any publicity. They just want to tell it to somebody who's going to listen to them mm -hmm. and not go, well, how many beers did you have? Were you all smoking or drinking? Uh, I don't even go there, you know, because if they were drinking, I guarantee you they were sober by the time it was over. <laughs> you know, because some of these people had some close calls, you know, some of these creatures. And so, um, but that's just kind of what the, the Sasquatch world has been turning into for the last about year, year and a half for me is just people are coming out of the woodwork and they're, they're couples, you know, there, some of them are couples and not just a solo person who's lonely and, you know, spends too much time alone, but there, there are people that have had mind blowing, earth shattering, soul wrenching experiences. You see this giant creature that doesn't exist that you've been told all your life doesn't exist. And there it is staring at you. And you're told that it wants to eat you. Well, it didn't want to eat me. We just stared at each other, and then it turned around and walked away. That's usually about half of the sightings. Are we looked at each other, acknowledged our presence, and walked away. Hmm. Do you have any good reports recently where, you know, where it was more than one person seeing the same creature and verified the story for each other? Yeah, uh, this was. I think I had this published about a year ago, year and a half ago. Um, in Texas, and it went on down to Arkansas. So this 
guy and his wife were following another friend and his wife. They were going from East Texas down to somewhere in Arkansas to go camping. And as traffic went on, uh, a car got in the middle of them. And they were soon on a, a forest road uh, in the East Texas getting into Arkansas. And it, it was one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning, and they were driving until they could find somewhere to get gas. So really for 20 miles, 25 miles, it was just these three cars. My one car of witnesses, a car in the middle, and then the other car, which was their other friends that were just in the lead. So uh, they get to an area in, I can't remember what forest it was. Uh, they had just crossed over. It's kind of like a Corsicana, uh, Tyler, Texas, over into Arkansas. Anyway, they crossed in there on National Forest Road, and they saw a creature. It ran in between the first car, and there was a lot of curves, so they weren't going real fast. It was okay, it was 1 o'clock in the morning. They were kind of looking for a gas station because one car needed gas, and the guy in the middle just happened to be traveling at a comfortable rate of speed. You know, they were just kind of in a caravan, but they didn't know the guy in the middle. And there was a couple in that car too. So anyway, they're driving and they're on the kind of some curvy roads. They're going through a national forest because there's no you know service stations in the national forest area. So, but they saw, they slowed down. Uh, the first car kept going and the second car in the middle, he slowed down and it almost came to a stop and a Sasquatch ran across the road. And so my witnesses in the back car, they saw it. The witnesses in the middle car, who was the one that slowed down, they obviously saw it. And so they got going, they got back going in their cars. They stood there for a while. They didn't get out. And then they kept driving. And the other guy that was in the lead, he pulled over because he wanted to know what was going on. He was trying to call him, couldn't get cell service because it's forest and no cell towers, trying to find out if somebody had car trouble. And so he couldn't get a hold of them and they came up to him. He was on the side of the road. And so he became the last car. So the guy who was a stranger, he was in the first car. Then the other two couples who were together, they were in the second and third car. So they drove on another 10 miles or so and they found a gas station. So they got out and they started comparing notes. And they all, you know, the first guy that lost them, he never saw anything. But this creature came between the first car and the second car. And four people saw it in two different cars. So they got out and discussed it. And they all agreed on what they saw, when they saw it, and the whole thing. It was like, there was a perfect stranger who you don't know who could have decided, I'm not going to tell this story because I don't even know these people and I think I'm nuts, but why am I stopping in the middle of a forest or in the middle of the night? But they all saw it. And they... They didn't get out and talk, but they got out and talk when they got to the gas station. They spent about 30 minutes at the gas station. And the guy was going, the guy in the middle was uh, from Arkansas. He lived there. So they decided to drive in a caravan on purpose this time until my people got what they were going because they didn't want to go through that again, you know, and they didn't see anything else. But there's four people, two unrelated. They got out and discussed and they agreed on what they saw, I don't remember the particulars. I've got a report printed. It was a really good report. It got published. Uh, but that was pretty cool that you've got two separate witnesses that 
came together as a group of four witnesses, agreed what they saw, and there was like no argument. They all described it pretty much in detail. It was, you know, it was eight or nine feet, and I don't remember the color of the fur or anything, but it was night. The lights were right on it. I mean, it went right in front of his car, so the headlights are like, boom, on it. Mm -hmm. It's obvious. And it was wasn't running it was meandering they said i think the word they used was meandering it was just walking across the road like maybe didn't expect anybody to be there came up on him and anyway i thought that was a you know a pretty cool report that's the most recent one i've heard that was the pedestrian road crossing you know but four people two that were unrelated to the other two they all saw it together and they stopped because they're all looking for gas station. They all stopped and discussed it and agreed that yes, we did. We saw it. Yeah, you did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. There was no disagreement on any item of height, weight, color, posture, speed of walk, nothing. It was all, they all described it exactly. I mean, they all, and they're all a little aghast, <laughs> you know, I thought that was, that was there was just kind of a fun report, you know, and uh, but they stayed together for the remainder of the trip until uh, they got to wherever they were going. They were going to some campsite, hmm. as always. Uh, I found that one to be pretty intriguing because you know it was you know would you, hear, you know it'd be interesting if you could track down the guy that was in that car. Yeah, and they may or may not have exchanged phone numbers i have no idea it wasn't pertinent at the report the the guy you know the the guy who was in the back car is the one who filed the report and i never got you know the guy in the front car and his wife uh, they're they're close friends so but i didn't ask for any of that stuff you know and you know i got the report mm -hmm. it's as good no as no it is. i i mean the other one the other report the one where the guy was in the car in the scotch was wearing clothes oh yeah yeah uh, I didn't get her. She's got my card too. So if she wants to share any of that, because, you know, I gave everybody a card that came by my booth. I gave them a card and a, a printout and they mm -hmm. got all my contact email, business card, phone number, website. They got all of that. So they could always get in touch, you know, but I think she came and said her piece and got it off her chest and felt good. And, you know, didn't, she didn't stop and get that guy's number. She was like, she was freaked out. She didn't want to be there, but she was watching this whole thing unfold. And she's going, well, I hope this guy listens to my podcast and contacts us. Yeah, well, it was Kansas City, Kansas, and it would have been within the last year, maybe within the last six months. It was out near 435 and State Avenue. It's a major, major intersection. Uh, out, out in that area, on the other side of 435, uh, the freeway, is a... Uh, Hollywood Casino, it's a you know casino, gambling casino, mm -hmm. poker slots, and a hotel and all that stuff, you know. And on this side of the freeway, which is no longer there, was a dog and horse track. So they would never allow gambling in Kansas, but they would allow betting on horses and dogs. Well, the casino craze hit, and so that place went by the wayside, and they built the casino and they tore down the dog track. So, but that's all. Native American land, and if that has anything to do with it, I have no idea. You know, the Sasquatch wearing clothes. 
And, uh, but you know, the, by and far the bulk of my reports are every bit is kind of odd, but not dressing in human clothes. You know, uh, the guy I've got up in Canada, uh, who, the guy in Canada, his name's David Allen. He's in this book. Mm -hmm. And, uh, th this is the book I added almost a hundred pages to and, 90% of those 100 pages were his. Because when he's reliving some of these tales, they've been going on for 40, 50 years, protecting <coughs> his family, him and his dad, and his mom to a degree, mostly him and his dad, and then really out of that, mostly him. But, uh, you know, it's been going on for a lot, a lot of years. So after a while, he would have to like say, I, I got to take a break. I, some of the stuff that he's reliving is freaks him out. And he has to take a break because reliving it stresses him out and brings back some not so good memories, you know? And I came to the conclusion that he was being watched over or had been chosen by several Sasquatch. And they were in and out of his life for these 40 some odd years trying to teach him and enlighten him. And he either wasn't getting it or he didn't want to get it. He didn't want to have something outside of his control, controlling him and teaching him things, how the world really works, how things are, you know, and he had some quantum, bizarre, interdimensional, things that I, I've told you some of them before, but they were just blew his mind and blew my mind. And, uh, but he again describes things in infinite detail, minute detail and corrects me if I'm wrong, you know, and I, I believe the guy, I can't, I can't find fault. I can't trip him up and I've tried, you know, and I don't try that hard, but you know, there, there's some inconsistencies, but it'd be more because of our communication process. Cause when I started interviewing, he heard me on another podcast and he emailed me, I need someone to talk to, you know? And so I said, okay, let's go. Let's talk. What's going on. Tell me. And I heard from about 16 people uh, from this book or from my first book. And I put them, most of them, in this book. Mm -hmm. The first book is this one, Sasquatch Evidence of an Enigma, one and two. So when I did the first book, I was doing all the podcasts, you know, that, you know, some people say don't exist, but apparently they do. <laughs> Previous conversation. <laughs> anyway, so I started getting all these people inquiring and I heard your podcast. I got to talk to you because I know you'll listen to me. You know that, that kind of stuff. I heard that many, 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 many times. So he was one of the ones that got a hold of me. You know, and he's you know been ridiculed and scoffed at. Uh, but one of the stories, and I don't think I told you this one, and it's a pretty cool story uh, about conspiracies and forestry service mm -hmm. and the government in science, knowing exactly what's going on. Did I tell you this one about he was on a tree planting crew? No. Okay. 
This is a pretty good one. This might get us to about ending time anyway. He was 21, 22, and he'd been he'd been seeing some Sasquatch and hints, you know, balls of fur and just weird things, but he wasn't putting it together. Now, this guy lives in British Columbia. It's not like Sasquatch are like strangers to yeah. but coming after him for a one-on-one uh, relationship with him, him and his dad, he just wasn't getting it. It just didn't didn't compute, but that just doesn't happen. So subconsciously, he was probably fighting it somehow. Anyway, uh, they lived off the land, you know, uh, and he uh, lived in cabins most of his life, never in suburbia and any of that kind of stuff. So anyway, uh, he joined a tree planting crew to go up in an area in D.C. that had been deforested. Yeah, and so the paper companies and the lumber companies. So uh, they go and reforest an area when so much time has gone by where the trees where they, you know, <clears throat> cut everything down aren't coming back like they should. So they take the right tree saplings and, and seedlings uh, that will do the best in the light and the soil conditions for the area, even if they have to start up, you know, planting trees that weren't necessarily native to that area. Anyway, so there's 12 guys in a big crew van. And so he goes up uh, and in the middle of nowhere, they meet at some uh, uh, supervisor's shack out in the middle of the woods, which is a forestry service or a paper company up in Canada. And so they, uh, when they get to the area that they're going uh, and they drove 30, 40 minutes and there's like no roads where they're going. There's no roads. It's not a, uh, habituation area. It's just wild forest that has been deforested. And so actually it's, I don't know if it's owned by the lumber companies or the timber companies or paper companies, but it's, they have right of first refusal to do whatever they want to do. So anyway, there's 12 guys, they split them into two groups. Now his group uh, goes to this area that's probably 20 or 30 yards off where they stopped. And it's a big bare area, just bare soil and some fallen trees. And the other six guys go, they're really more like the, they're, they kind of knew each other. They're kind of really macho hunter guys, you know, big, brave macho guys. And, you know, we want to go back uh, deep in the woods and look for, you know, look for game because you want to come back here and hunt sometime. We wanna, we're going to go look back there and see what we can do. We'll do our planting back up in the forest. So he gets to his area and they've got their pouches with all these seedlings and there's footprints everywhere. Hundreds and hundreds of Sasquatch giant footprints. Some of them 22, 24 inches, big footprints. Wow. He'd never seen anything like that. And all the guys in this group started getting delirious and giddy and like, Oh, oh, look at this over there. It's so beautiful. Oh, look at this one. Oh, it's, they were just like, it's like they're on laughing gas or something. They were just totally out of their minds with delirious joy and giddiness. Giddy was the word he kept using. And so he even looked down at one of the fingerprints or the footprints. And he even, he got down and looked at it so close that it, it was a complete spiral. It went from an outside spiral that went outside the toe 
right into the middle and stopped in a dot. And that's how close he was looking at it. And the, in this area, and they were all running amok like crazy people. Like, <laughs> they're, just, they're, they're just happy. They're like they were so excited. They'd never seen anything like this. But they were over-the-top excited. It's the kind of thing like, you know, someone's really excited about something, but that, okay, that's that's a little much. Mm-hmm. Just calm it. Yeah, but they were like out of their minds. So, and in these areas, there were some uh, trees that had been uh, fallen down and were rotting. And they could see where giant scoops, something had scooped out and eaten, eaten it, chewed it up and spit it back out. And I'll, I'll explain this later. And you could, they saw the saliva. The saliva was still dripping off of some of these logs and some of the stuff that had spit out. That's how close they were to have having seen all these Sasquatches feeding off of some of these trees. Well, some of these trees uh, at a certain time of year, I think they're the aspens, especially the aspens, they when they get to a certain degree of rot, there are medicinal and herbal and other type of nutrients that the Sasquatch know to come and get when these trees are a certain way. And they could see that these <coughs> taken out of these trees and they could see if stuff was spitting out. When they saw some of the footprints, some of the dirt was still falling back into the prints. That's how quickly they came upon these creatures. And, and there was little uh, areas that in one area had been flattened out and there was like mice holes and the mice holes had been dug out and they got the sense that there was some schooling going on that they were showing the little ones how to hunt because they got little you know little baby footprints and 10 10 inch prints and 24 inch and everything in between so they got they after thinking about it later they thought it seemed like this 20 foot by 20 foot area was had been smoothed over perfectly and padded down. And there was mice holes, you know, they, they tunnel into the grounds where they dug up and they were trying, they were throwing the mice out because they could see the little mice prints. So they figured they were getting them out and teaching them how to chase mice, the kids. That was just a supposition they made later. So anyhow, all of this stuff is going on and they're just delirious. Then they heard a bunch of screaming from the manly macho guys that went over the hill. And, you know, uh, they were about 50, 60 yards away. There was the top of a hill. And over that hill, they saw these giant trees being pushed like this. I mean, 100-foot tall trees. There's no wind. They're being moved by something. Then they heard all this screaming and yelling. And all of these macho guys, I wish I had the drawing. Sibylla Irwin did a drawing. And I... I don't have it printed where I could show it to you. I'd love it to show it to you. They came running over the hill and no exaggeration. Some of them had long hair, shoulder length hair, long hair, old hippies, you know, and their hair was standing straight up. Goosebumps. They looked like pimples on their head. Their hair was so, it's like they'd all been shocked, like they had their hands on a Van de Graaff generator. 
you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the thing that generates electricity makes your hair stand yep. up, get goosebumps, and you, you do it in school, you know. But I mean, their hair was a foot long and it was like this. It's like it would have been sprayed with hairspray. It was stiff and the goosebumps were like sticking out on their head and their arms and they were like screaming bloody murder. They're after us. They're after us. Oh my God, they're going to get us. They're after us. You know, what, what what's after you? Well, they're after us. They're after us. They're going to get us. Look, you know, and you see all the trees and things moving. You hear some growls and some howls. And so they come running over the hill. And so there's these giddy guys all just in euphoria. And there's the other half a dozen macho guys running over the hill, scared out of their minds. And their hair is literally sticking straight up. I mean, I'm almost, (laughs) it's almost sticking up. Me Mm -hmm. just telling you to see that. I mean, it was sticking up like, and, you know, it's like my goatee, just like that. And so uh, the uh, foreman, by this time, hears all this commotion. He He's in the uh, van. He runs out and goes, what the heck's going on? What's, what, what the hell are you guys doing? You haven't done a damn thing. You haven't planted any tree. What are you doing? And they show him all the footprints. He's looking, what? What? What'd you do? Would you take off your shoes? You all taking off your shoes and running around the mud? What are you doing? What the heck's wrong with you guys? He had no idea because he was sitting in, a, in his van, minding his own business, waiting for him to do their gig and go on to the next place. And so then the guys come running over the hill and he sees them. And he's going, okay, okay, what the hell? What are you guys doing? Y'all drugs? What are you doing? And so they get in the van and he, all of them tell their stories. And they're the six guys, the macho guys, they tell their stories in their hair. In the van, it's still sticking out straight. It hasn't relaxed one iota. And his guys are still kind of giddy. And then some of them start laughing at the guys with their hair sticking out because it looks funny. They start laughing. And they start fighting amongst each other. The guy says, hey, shut the heck up. What is going on? They tell him. They said, okay, bullcrap. We're going to the forestry office. So they drive 30 minutes to the forestry office. The entire drive, the guy's hair is still out. Just mind-blowing stuff. They get there, and the foreman goes in, says, you guys, you you shut up. You don't discuss this among yourselves. I don't want any fighting, nothing. I'm going in, and I'm bringing a supervisor out. We're going to see what's going on. So he goes in the forestry office, brings a guy out, and he tells him the story. And they talked to a couple of them each privately from each group, two of the, you know, hunter group and two of the, you know, the giddy guys. And he basically tells them all, this never happened. You say nothing or you'll never work in this business ever again. I will see to that. You say nothing. This never happened. Period. End of conversation. So that was that. That night, two of the guys uh ran from the forestry office they ran amok just into the woods never to be seen again uh nobody ever saw or heard from them ever again they weren't like dead but you know their circle of friends they disappeared they're they said i'm i'm done that freaked them out that bad you know like the guy in the car at that intersection mm-hmm. you know, they were that out of their minds with fear and fright so uh, that night, they go to uh, the local pub, which is really 
a pub next to a general store and next to a gas station that, you know, there, you have to drive 40, 50 miles before you see anything. So they go in there and everybody's kind of talking. And when they walk in, talking stops. So everybody had heard what was going on. And there was a Native American group there and they're, they're Native American uh, tree planters. They're the best, they're the, they only work in teams with other uh, indigenous people, Native Americans. Uh, I won't say Native Americans, but indigenous peoples from Canada. They only work with their own tribe or their, their, their race. They don't work with whites. They all work a certain way and they get things done. They're the best there is. And so they talked to them, uh, they said, Everyone's laughing at us. So I guess you know you've probably already heard. What, what do you, what do you know of what we experienced? And they said, well, uh, we believe you. We've talked to our elders, and we cannot discuss this. That was that. So he goes back to work about a week later. He takes a week off. Said, I got to take a break from this. Each guy that came back to work was put on a different crew. So they had twelve crews. They you know, if, if 10 guys came back, they put one guy with five other guys. They took another guy and put him with a different five guys, all different vans, all different going different places, doing their planning. And again, you say nothing. This didn't happen. That's coming from the forestry, mm -hmm. the paper lumber company. And uh, they got the nickname in that bar and around town is the hash crew. They figured they were all smoking hash or dope, and mm -hmm. that's they were hallucinating. The guys that had the squatches coming after them, they never saw them, but they felt them, they sensed them, they knew that you know, they were moving the trees. They were, and what they had done was gone into an area, you know, you're deforesting, you know, deep, deep, deep forest where humans, some humans have never seen ever before. You know, there's there's still areas on the earth, you know, that humans have never been so they were going to areas that there was probably some kind of gentleman's agreement we're not going past this line because this is where the sasquatch go but these guys go and they got run off because we let you tear up our land we let you destroy land take trees uh for white men's you know use but uh, you're not coming here this is our home we're going to give you this line but if you come past this line we're running you off that's kind of the feeling they got after they discussed it because they had gone so far back into the forest where there's no roads and nobody even goes, you know, there's enough room. And if you don't, if there's not a road where well, you've got the forestry equipment to tear down trees, you make your own road, you just plow through and you make a road. So that's what, and that, that was the edict from the paper company. This didn't happen. You say nothing of it. And how many times have you heard that? UFOs, pilots, cops. All the time. Yeah. You will lose your job. You say another word. Now, it's different with pilots and things nowadays because the fact that they are experts and they have the safety of thousands of people in their hands every day gives them some credibility if they're going to say something. They're not going to. If they want to say something that jeopardizes their job, well, they mean business. If I'm going to lose my job, uh, fire me. I made good money. I got a good pension. I'm going to tell you what happened. So not a lot still talk, but that was, and that goes to what I've been saying. Everybody's been saying in their mother before I came along and will be saying along after I'm gone. But 
the government, science, paper, lumber, they all know what's going on. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they know exactly, you know. if you, But so, but I thought that was just like a perfect, uh, I'll have to send you the, the drawing she drew. She drew uh, four or five guys coming out of the forest and they're running and they've got their hair in various lengths and it's standing straight out. And these guys were like, their eyes were like bulging out of their face. I mean, they were like, mortified he'd never seen a human that scared in that condition before it was just mind-boggling to him you know and so things like that are why it pains him to relive some things because some of the things he experienced personally with him by himself and him and his dad or him and a girlfriend had the same effect on him and, you know, if they're trying to show me things and how the world is and who they are and how to treat the world and all that, man, they're, they're going about it the wrong way or maybe I'm taking it the wrong way. But, you know, he, he, he never really embraced it. He knew it was coming, but he never really embraced it as an altruistic thing. You know, it was more, look, human, this is what happens when you do this, you know, and that's how he took it, you know. And some of it was... Uh, I won't say violent, but startling for sure, you know. Anyway, that's that's one of the stories that's going to be in, in the new book, which nice. in the book it is. Uh, that is a pretty cool story, and that is if you want something from the horse's mouth that tells you that the paper and lumber companies are in on all this, there you have it. I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> did he make that up? I mean, see, again, uh, along with the Sasquatch crossing the road on all fours and wearing a, a suit and slacks and a shirt. Well, here's four, six guys running out of the forest with their hair standing on end. And the other are just delirious, like they dropped acid and they're just tiptoeing through the tools, seeing all these foot. And they saw hundreds and hundreds of bare footprints. Some of these guys had never seen them before. And their bare feet, where did all these giant bare feet come from? Bare humanoid footprints. Is what it is. It's nothing other than what it is. You know, and you can alter it and try to say, "Well, that's not what you saw. What y'all did was, you know, smoke some dope and you took off all your shoes and run them up in the nice gushy forest." Well, that explanation sounds dumber than the one they told. You know what I mean? If you're gonna <laughs> find out, you know, well, we all smoke dope, take off all your shoes, run around the woods. Yeah, that's what we do. That's a smart thing to do. Run around with all the rocks and thorns and poisons. Yeah, come on. The the story you want to tell is worse than the one we actually told you. So, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, yeah So that is a a pretty cool tale. It's incredible. Yeah, and wow. it's a. Uh, I think I called it. Let's plant some trees. That's the name of that title. And there's several other, well, we don't have time to go into them, but the, you know, he's got some mind-boggling things, you know, some things I, you know, I can't mold divulge because I promise not to, but the ones that are in the book, he's got his blessing, you know, and his name's a pseudonym, so it doesn't matter mm-hmm. uh, what his name is, it's the event, it doesn't matter where it was, it could be Times Square, it doesn't matter, it's the event and whether you want to embrace it or decide it's a real thing or not. So anyway, uh, that one 
kind of took the cake for me. That's one of the best ones I've, I've, I've heard in a while. And it's, wow. it's got a substantiation to it and it rings true for a variety of reasons, you know? So, uh, nothing I can do, but, but print that. And it's just as real as it gets, you know, and I, and all my books, all the stuff, I'm a researcher and investigate sightings. So I come at it not from a scientific approach, but like a guy who's researching, I will try to find explanations. I try to find, you know, when I'm talking, I, I write like, well, it could have been carbon monoxide poisoning. Uh, some guy's sitting too close to the engine. I mean, you're hallucinating, you're seeing stuff, you get out by that in your fresh air, why would you suddenly be poisoned? I mean, you know, yeah, I'm trying to come up with things that would explain it. And when you can't, you got to go with the story you were given, you know, because you can plug in all kinds of things like, well, slumber, somebody slips some peyote or LSD in their drinking water and they were all just tripping and hallucinating. Um, but how do you explain the six guys come running over the hill with their hair standing on end with the goosebumps looking like, you know, big fat pimples ready to explode, you know, how do you explain that, you know. Sometimes these stories are just what they are and what they appear to be they are events happening to people interacting with creatures that they are told don't exist. That's usually far better than trying to find an excuse to explain it away. Just tell the story and let the chips fall where it may. And that's what I did with you know, all these witnesses, you know. I, I can't agree. make this stuff up. I mean, you could, but I don't, you know. No. I'll take a lot of tests anytime. I don't, you know, I, it's just not my nature to do that. And I'm, I'm fascinated. The, the stuff that people are telling you. What do you do with that? Put it in your book. Yeah. Let and let people, let people and decide. See, well, and so if you're a crazy person wanting to get your story in a book, okay, that's a good way to do it. You told me a story. It's Sasquatch related. But then there's other crazy people waiting to tell you the same story. And they don't want their name in a book. They don't want their names and locations or their family or any of that. They just want to tell their story. So craziness does not beget craziness. You know, mm -hmm. one person tells you a story and that's their version of events. Take it or leave it. I don't care if you don't believe it. I just don't care <laughs> because that's what happened to me and my wife and my family. Yeah. Or me and my husband. But uh, yeah, you know, so, you know, you, the naysayers, you know, the flesh and blood guys or the people that don't believe they can do anything of the nature of, you know, altering their perception, uh, you know, mind speak, telepathy, cloaking, uh, you know, changing your vibrational frequency so that you appear to disappear or maybe you really do disappear, you know. Uh, their hair follicles can bend light in a certain way, perhaps. You know, the, the DNA studies show that they have hair follicles that are actually clear, opaque. You can see right through them. Mm -hmm. Well, if you have some clear hairs, you turn a certain way, uh, those opaque hairs will bring up the background that they're up against. So it looks like a tree. So the Sasquatch looks like a tree. There's all kinds of things. So you just can't poo-poo that stuff. There's just, there's enough science about it. And science to me is a dirty word because science is our bitter enemy. They don't want this to be true, you know. Science gets their grant money from the government. 
the government tells you, here's your grant money, but you better not say a freaking word here or we're canceling your grant. You're going to go back to working, uh, you know, at, uh, you know, at the hobby store. Uh, so, you know, you get your grant money, you're going to keep your mouth shut. So science does whatever government tells it. Science just, you know, pretends that they don't exist. They know, I mean, they, they know, I know they know, but they just can't say anything. Some, some few brave souls have, tiptoed over the line. Some of them have paid for it, some of them aren't, you know, but the government knows and they lied to us about UFOs. And that was about a 70 or 80 year old lie. And that's going to be the same with Sasquatch. Mm -hmm. you know, they're going to, they're going to have to fess up and they're going to throw us a bone just like they did with the UFO. They give you that ridiculous Tic Tac explanation, which told you a whole bunch of nothing really other than, well, they do exist. We didn't make them. Other than that, we don't know what they are. We'll get back to you. Okay, so it's going to be the same thing. They're going to tell us, well, you know, that Patterson-Giblin film, we believe that to be accurate, but we don't know what that creature is. We'll get back to you. Huh, thanks for nothing. That's, a, <laughs> that's what it's going to be. You're going to throw us a stupid bone, you know, like the other bone I was talking about getting thrown earlier before we went on the air. But you know <laughs> what I mean? They're going to disservice you and make you think they've admitted to some things that they've known all along when, in fact, they've told you nothing, but they got you excited because of the way they told you oh 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 you know the tic tac video the, the air force the navy they've got those that okay that's cool but they're not from this planet where are they we'll get back to you another what 10 years five years yeah. never <laughs> yeah i mean you know so th that's it so you know that that's our that's our tax dollars at work you know so but you know that story he told was just flat out the best story of best example that I've personally heard from the horse's mouth, not read in books. There's a lot of stories like that, mostly with UFOs, some with the Sasquatch, but that is like the, from the horse's mouth and he regurgitated it and regurgitated it and never strayed from what he told me. And, you know, I make little factual mistakes when I'm talking to him either intentionally or accidentally you know, transcribing things. He'll correct me with minute things to get it right, you know? And uh, how much longer we got here? What time is it? I got to wrap it up pretty much. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, you know, when, when I was interviewing David, mm -hmm. he talked so fast and we would start talking. We start talking. I was, I started recording the conversations because trying to transcribe things and write them down as he's saying them. It's a lost cause because, you know, it's like you and I were talking before we came out, we just start talking and we go to one subject to another. And so you go, well, uh, I'm just going to record it and I'll pick everything out. You know, well, that's tedious. So we, we came up with a way for him to get the information to me in a short, concise way. It was much better, very factual and dead on. So uh, but that's going to be in the new book, whatever I title it, and whatever, you know, uh, if it's going to be an extension of this one. I don't know yet. Enigma 3? Well, uh, no, it's going to be... See, this is the... These titles are confusing the hell out of me. This is... Yeah, well, that's the, one of the contentions I have, that this may have confused too many people. This is this book with a new cover and one extra chapter and about another 10 pages. Same book. This one's color. This is black and white. They just repackaged the book to try to get uh, a greater audience and all of that. So 
So you guys know what you're doing. I don't. So let's do that. So, uh, but this book, I may just leave it as is and do a complete new third book because I don't want to create confusion. Although there will be because part of this book has just got another hundred pages added to it. We'll figure it out. But anyway, <laughs> it's awesome stuff. I mean, I, I like my first book a lot, but this one here, uh, and it's off the wall. I mean, it is, you've got to have an open mind. Don't even open the book if you don't have one. It's honestly, you, if you can't embrace some of this as possibly being true, don't buy the book. Don't read it because it, it will blow your mind and it makes you think. But there's a lot of people, more and more people are coming on board with the esoteric, abstract, quantum type things these creatures may be able to do, probably can do. We just can't grasp it because, you know, they don't exist. <laughs> Go figure. So before we wrap it up, where can my listeners find you and find your book? Well, if I owe you money, you'll never find me. Uh, but no, you don't you do owe want me, to find me. You don't owe me any money. You're good. I know I don't owe you money. Uh, <laughs> If you want to buy these books, you money. <laughs> they're allowing me to sell a few of these off. I have stock left. <clears throat> if you want to go to www.relichominid.com, H-O-M-I-N-I-D.com, uh, I autograph and fill the orders myself. These are both color books, inside and out. So you can buy them there. Or you can buy this on Amazon, Sasquatch down the rabbit hole of strangeness. And Sibylla Irwin did the artwork on this too. And this creature here, and this creature here are the creature that my guy David has been dealing with for 40 years. I wrote this book, this one, I had no idea. I just picked that from Sibylla's gallery of stuff on her webpage. I had no idea that this was a creature that this guy's been jacking with for 45, 50 years. I had no idea. He's the one who reaches out to me, wants to talk to me because nobody will talk to me. Mm -hmm. Then I discover, and then I said, well, I got to send you this book. Is that on the cover of your book? Yes. Oh, oh my God, send it, oh my God. And we nicknamed the guy Zap, the, the Sasquatch, we call him Zap. <laughs> because of some of the things he did to the guy, he got zapped. But anyway, I'll stop so you can get off. <laughs> My dog's got to go out. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, man. I really appreciate you doing this favor for me today. Oh, I enjoy it. Gary, it's always cool, man. It's always just awesome and cool. Awesome. Well, hang on one second. And I'm gonna, well, one, I'm going to put the links to your website and the notes of this episode so my listeners can get some autographed copies of your books. Absolutely. And thank you again. And hang on for one moment. I just have to play the outro. Okie doke.
goes on, it will change your life. Because remember, everything that it says was first imagined. If you loved what you listened to today,